In our opinion, movies can be found in one of two realms. The realm of the renowned, those active in the minds of pop culture, your masterpieces, your witty comedies, your impactful horror. There are even those that are so bad they're good. Cult classics. This is not a show about those movies. Instead, we bravely venture into the realm of the forgotten. We plummet the depths of cinema, searching amidst the left behind, the seventh at the box office and the bottom of the bargain bin. We seek out neglected films to find the ones worth salvaging from oblivion. And banish the unworthy back to the abyss. What hidden gems will we find on our exploration? What mediocre plot lines will we unearth? And what artifacts that may at first have been overlooked will we reclaim? I'm Wesley. I'm Peter. I'm Lily. I'm Sam. And hello from obscurity. Yesterday, upon the stair, I met a man who wasn't there. He wasn't there again today. I wish, I wish he'd go away. That is a poem featured heavily in this movie, Identity. <laughs> yes, that, that poem is actually uh, not made up in this movie it was uh i, f- I forgot the author I'm i got you at, i have it I have you got it, yep. okay, oh. well. got it got it got it always Cumanish. count on lily for the knowing the names of people yes. <laughs> well. i'd not be smart but i know what google <laughs> <laughs> so that is a poem by american what hell yeah written in 1899 yes and uh yeah it's been adapted into a uh, David Bowie did a song. Oh. And, um, yeah, big with haunted house ghost stuff. Yeah. I, mean, I can see that. It is about mm-hmm. haunted house, which is, or it's about a ghost story. And this is kind of a ghost story. Identity. A little bit. Little bit. Identity, as I mentioned last week, we are going to spoil the shit out of it. And this movie was kind of in the vein of movies that kind of tried to emulate I want to say try to emulate uh, M. Night Shyamalan a little right after Sixth Sense. Mm-hmm. There was like a slew of movies yeah. where it's like, we must have 16 twists. Yes, and everything unlike, has a twist. <laughs> unlike all of them, I think this one works, but that is just my opinion. Um, we'll we'll get into it. Um, it's one of the reasons I wanted to bring this uh, podcast about is this movie Ooh. was on my mind uh, wow. at one point. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Well, so the movie stars a lot of people. It Owen is Wilson, really not does. one of them. <laughs> yeah, Owen yeah, Wilson, Wilson not Wilson. featured. You know, it, uh, As Hansel. What? <laughs> Hansel's oh, so from, hot right now. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It is what? directed by James Mangold. And then it's... Did just a, a quick little... Go for it. Walk please. the Line. Mm-hmm. Uh, Logan. And recently Ford versus Ferrari. So... This is He's, one of those rare selections where uh, selected a uh, solid director <laughs> selection of you're watching for this. 
he he also. I just want to throw one one little thing. Yes. Yes, he is a good director, but he also directed Wolverine Origins. Yes, he did. But so there is a black Lily's whole opinion has changed. What? I said Lily's <laughs> whole opinion and demeanor has changed. I got to be honest. I don't hate mm-hmm. Origins, but I know it's bad. Okay. <laughs> well, I, the, the writer is Michael Cooney, mm-hmm. um, who wrote, I think, like a Jack Frost murder thing. I don't know. A snowman <laughs> killing what? everybody. Yeah. Well, he wrote a, a, a snowman killing everybody. Yes, not that that's one. a Jack, but not the one... Not the one with not the Michael Keaton one, but the really yeah. bad one where there's like well, they're both a, a shower really scene, bad. <laughs> and he like attacks a woman in the shower. Yeah, and like uses his nose. Anyway, no, it's yeah, a bad but one. Yeah, a snowman. Okay, James. This Lynch. movie also has a slew of people: John Cusack, Ray Liotta, Amanda, Amanda Peet, John Hawkins or Hawks, Alfred Molina, Clea Duvall, Woo. John C. McGinley, William Lee Woo. Scott. Who plays Douchey Lou, as I call him. And then Jake Busey. And then Pruitt Taylor Vince, who I really actually love. So we will get into it. Why don't we get started? Um, Let's do it. I'm going to, this might be a little longer. I just kind of want to introduce them. But like, again, I, I did write my own summary. So it might be a little tad extensive. All right. It's a stormy night. Dr. Malik Alfred Merlina, the psychiatrist, is in his office reviewing tape recordings and files on a person named Malcolm Rivers. He's listening to his patient interviews centering on a man with a, a menacingly low voice. The man recites an eerie poem, the poem that you heard me say at the beginning. Uh, that in he your says eerily he, low voice. Yes, yes. <laughs> that he said he made up when asked about it. He gives other bizarre answers to Malik's questions. Meanwhile, we see newspaper clippings about a brutal mass murder, disturbing child drawings, a mugshot of a big bald man, a diary filled with many different handwritings, and other unsettling things. Finally, in interview tapes, Malik asks the man what he should call him. The man replies, call me whatever you like. We cut to a bedroom. The phone is ringing. It is still storming out, and the district attorney wakes up and answers. The assistant DA inside the courtroom lobby is on the other end and notifies the DA that the new evidence has resurfaced in the Rivers case, a diary which which had been misfiled. He tells the DA the defense team is uh, is already at the court and are now going to hold a midnight hearing to try to plead insanity for the defendant. The night before his execution, the assistant DA says the uh, they have the convict drugged up and is on his on his way to the courthouse now. The DA is not pleased. Cut to a stormy night at a motel in the middle of Nevada. The skeevy clerk Larry John Hawks is manning the front desk when bam in through the front doors. Enters the disheveled George York, a.k.a. John C. McGinley, holding his badly injured wife, stuttering, It was an accident! The movie pauses and rewinds. We're in the car now with George York and his uninjured wife, Alice, and his stepson, Tim, going down a Nevada highway. It's dusk and starting to rain heavily. The skittery George is nervous, but his wife calms him. However, the front tire pops, triggering his anxiety over again. 
Cut to George York out of the car now and has pulled out a leopard-printed stiletto from the tire. The movie pauses and rewinds. The young, beautiful Paris, uh, a.k.a. Amanda Peet, is driving down the sunny Nevada highway in her red Corvette, hood down, music blasting. She tries to find her lighter, to light her cigarette in her mouth. A look of realization comes over her face. The movie pauses and rewinds. It's the night previous. The beautiful Paris is in sexy lingerie, using her lighter to light candles stuck in whipped cream on an old fat man's chest, singing happy birthday to, the, to him in a sultry voice, and he's looking aroused and pleased. She puts the lighter into her suitcase. The movie pauses and fast-forwards this time. Whoa! Back to Paris, who reaches for her suitcase in the back seat. She opens it, and container, uh, and the contents fly out due to the wind, including her leopard-printed stiletto, which has land, lands in the road. The movie, is, movie pauses and fast-forwards. George is busily replacing... I'm almost done, I swear. <laughs> busily replacing the tire in the rain, and Alice is out there trying to help. It's dark now, and Alice is... Then sort of has a moment with her son Tim through the backseat of the window until she backs up into the road and gets hit by a car. The movie pauses and rewinds. Ed, a limousine driver, a.k.a. John Cusack, is driving uh, through this heavy rain. His impetuous and irascible client, the washed-up actress Carolyn, is being a bitch. She demands <laughs> She demands I mean it's true. She demands true. after all these like kind of more like descriptive like strange characters. Cut, cut to Carolyn. scene of she's, she's a, a bitch. bitch. <laughs> well, she is. Uh, she demands Ed to get something for her and Ed to take uh, and Ed takes his eyes off the road for one second to do so and hits Alice head on. Ed gets out to the actress's displeasure and helps the inconsolable George with his broken wife. He explains to him he was a cop and there was a motel a ways back and that they should head to there. Oh, that wasn't a good sentence. All right. We'll stop there for a second. I know that's like still the only like 10 minutes, but it is yeah. kind of cool. Like the back and forth yeah. of it, which I always thought was. I mean, also, we have one story in I don't even know where. And then we cut to a rainy Nevada like. A really mm-hmm. rainy. Oh, and by the way, let's not spoil anything. A rainy Nevada until the very yes. end. So, yeah. I know. I I really like. I honestly, until you started like rereading the the summary, and I was thinking about it again. I really liked this editing style at the beginning, where it just kind of like jumps around where something happens. How did that happen? Let me show you, and then that leads to this. It, it's very like. I think you said this on the last episode before we were going into it. It's kind of like memento-esque, um, how it just kind of like jumps around a little bit. And I was thinking, it's like, man, I really like that editing. Um, I I kind of wish they had kept it up a I little more. I was going to say, because I feel like mm. when it first started, I was like, ooh, I like this all. Like, let's always keep going back to show how one little tiny thing leads to like bigger events. And I thought it was going to be... A, like consistent thing throughout the movie, but this is the only place that it's really used. Um, it is, but I did think it was cool. But I'm glad it's the only place it's used. Really, you just I'll, said that you wanted to to go on, though. I know that, like, honestly, that I wanted it to go on when I was watching it. But thinking back, if what, that listening was my to you first time, it, yeah. if that was my first time watching the movie and just knowing 
all everything that goes down throughout the rest of it, I think I might have gotten lost. Um, See, I just, have a feeling that it would have maybe continued like there are a few twists that come out where i i can see like a cut to back like like especially mm -hmm. the the skeevy clerk larry he has a moment where he has a twist and it's like whoa whoa that's so crazy um but like yeah i think it would have been a little more jarring and it would be like okay we get it it's a shtick and also it's an hour and a half movie exactly like credits are like end at (laughs) Minute, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, minute 90. So I think that had to do with it too, where it was like, we're done. We're not <laughs> going over. And James Mangold Stop is that. like, okay, well, I'm going to use all of my goddamn 90 minutes. So yeah, I guess. And, and, and this is like, not really like a super big, like, like criticism or anything, I think. And, and also not about to spoil anything either. But my only thing is like thinking back on the movie now and hearing like this really kind of like, I don't know, like fast pace, like cuts, like, Ooh, we're going to go back and forth and back and forth in time. Like kind of feels like one type of movie. Then it changes to like a different type of movie in the middle. And then the end is yet another different type of movie. Like I feel like there is a little bit of, yeah, like disconnect between those things, but I, yeah, but I, I, I'm going to hold my opinion till the end, but uh, no, fair enough. I mean, I can understand why this is jarring. Like I've seen it twice in the last like month so mm-hmm. watching it this time, I was like really deconstructing it and was going like, oh, yeah, I can see. And I was having you guys in mind as the jury. And I was like, I mm-hmm. can see this being like too much or too, ugh. you know, I don't, yeah, I don't like, have the yeah, word Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I guess I just feel like it's a completely different style than what the movie ends up becoming. So I almost mm. feel like if it was going to be that, then I would have liked to just see some mm-hmm. hint it, of that later on to like connect them. I liked it in the moment, but looking back on it, I'm like, that really didn't end up having to do with like <laughs> much of the rest of the movie, did it? No. Other it was than just, just sort of like setting up the events. Yeah. Yeah. That, it was just interesting. That, at the when very they... end, there's a callback to the mm. editing style. At yeah. Least. And I think it is a very, I mean, if we're going with the idea that he only had 90 minutes, it is a very time efficient way of yeah. just getting everyone to the hotel or motel. Mm-hmm. Like, they're all there. This is who they are, like, very quickly. So, but I, I yeah, I do, I don't think, for me, I don't think I could sustain a whole 90 minute with that style, but I liked that it, I, I the first time I watched it was with Wesley, so I was kind of, like, yeah. remembering, like, oh, <laughs> oh, that's right. Yep, he's in oh, this wait, too. So yep, Lily, okay. you'd, you'd seen this before? I had seen this, but, haha, I had forgotten the ending. Oh. <laughs> so, so well, it was new for me. Well, yeah, we should have. I should have asked at the beginning. So I've seen it. I really like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned that Lily saw it with me. Um, it's true. But you two, um, uh, Sam and Peter, nope. you had not even heard of this movie, right? No. no. Although I will say, which is kind of wild because uh, I think both of us really like these kind of movies. Yeah, so. like I was mm-hmm. gonna say, like this reminds me of a ton of other like late '90s, early 2000s. It gives me like kind of like reminds me of Seven mm-hmm. and Primal Fear and the game and, the game, oh, and the just game. like all of these kind of like twisty, turny, like kind of not quite horror, not quite just straight thriller, but like you know. I, yeah, I, I, I like a lot of this stuff, so I'm surprised I hadn't yeah. heard of it. Right. Well, that's the wild part because I think – so my my brother had, like, a, an illicit, like, 
stack of VCRs that like, <laughs> yeah, I know that he wouldn't, uh, that like mom, if mom caught it, it would, he would be in big trouble, but it, oh my God, are you just a, like revealing his secrets oh my now? God. <laughs> I actually, I told mom, Caleb, like, when, we're sorry. Caleb, yeah. Caleb, <laughs> we're, we're sorry. naming you. <laughs> <laughs> But there was a lot of movies that I watched with him where I was like, "Ooh, wow, this is a lot." I mean, I, I'm not, I'm a, I'm a good Christian boy. I don't know what I'm supposed <laughs> to be watching, but also Murder. my brother's the coolest person in the world. So he kinda I, I, is. I watched like Matrix, Matrix Reloaded, The Others, like all these good movies, uh, Mortal Kombat, and then one of them was Identity, which he loves twists. He loves mm. twists. So he brought it, and we watched it together. And oh my God, we had never heard of it. It came out the same. All we knew is it came out the same year as Pirates of the Caribbean, 2003, and completely and got Sinbad. washed out. And Sinbad. Sinbad. And Sinbad. And Sinbad. 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 Anyway, I just thought, oh, this movie just disappeared. And yeah, I don't know truly exactly disappeared. Why? Yeah, too, because like, so I brought it up actually with my parents, who are the ones that introduced me to Primal Fear and like the Ninth Gate, like all of those, like fourteen oh eight, those kind of movies. Yes, uh, wow. they've they're always been really into those. Uh, and I asked them, I was like, "Have you guys seen this like John Cusack movie Identity?" And they're like, "No, I've never heard of that one." Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. And I I bring this up to everyone, and I swear nobody knows about it. And that's why I was like, oh, it's featured on Netflix. But probably the algorithm was like, you like identity, don't you? Yeah. It's like, you, you bastards, I mean, uh, you know. Not persona, for our listeners, identity. By the, time, by the time this uh, uh, episode comes out, identity will no longer be on Netflix. No, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> well next Tuesday, next Tuesday. No, it's, right. it's, no it, leaves it leaves on Halloween. It leaves on Halloween. <laughs> Oh, that's shit, cruel. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Suck it. So, cruel twist of shit. Like, that's yeah, the twist. I'll, I'll, I'll save my review for that's the, the end. That's the twist. Yeah. <laughs> that you can't watch it. That's we made twist. this movie up. It's not real. <laughs> I, do, I do like this way of exposition, though. Yes. Like this this mm-hmm. is a very cool way of exposition, and they are connecting, which is kind of the point if we go, go uh, further on. Okay, should I just continue? I want to say one more thing. Go real for quick, it. Just because we're going to get caught up in a lot of things. I just want to say I <laughs> love seeing John C. McGinley in movies. Yes. Oh, Dude, this, he's great. This was my... F- oh, go on. No, yeah, he's great. And, like, uh, uh, for those at home, if you don't know who that is, he was uh, uh, he was the uh, the doctor in Scrubs, not the main guy. That, well, that and we like saw him in another movie guy. on this podcast. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, yeah, he was in Belco Experiment. He was in Office Space. He's a great, he's either, he almost always plays like either a comedic guy or like a very like self-assured bossy guy. Um, and in this movie, he's a very like, I I, I don't he's even know meek. how to describe him. Yeah, he's a, he's he's meek. a meek, he's timid a milk guy. toast. He's a milk toast family uh-huh. man, and he he's nervous laws. as hell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he's not know, even in really Colombia in this one. Yeah, I just liked seeing uh, uh, John C. McGinley in that kind of role. Never seen him in that before. <laughs> well, and then on a, a similar, and then on a similar note, I love John Hawks, who, um, <sighs> for those who don't know, he was. Uh, my big entry point with him was Winter's Bone with Jennifer Lawrence. He plays her uncle in that movie. 
and was nominated for an Oscar. It was an amazing movie, an amazing part, like super subdued, nothing like this. And then another one um, <laughs> called uh, Martha Marcy May Marlene with Elizabeth Olsen. Oh, which is in yeah, which is another insane movie. <laughs> so it, it's one. He of those... just always crushes it to me. Like no matter what, like just that quintessential character actor. So I was, I'm always happy to see him. No, it's one of those actors that I see in stuff, but I don't really know <laughs> him. Like mm-hmm. John C. McGinley is also a person I see in stuff, but he, uh, and this was the, my first introduction to John C. McGinley. I hadn't watched scrubs and I, I mean, I hadn't seen platoon, but I mean, every, everything that he's in is he's a really intense guy, whether it is comedic, he's an intense actor or a uh, doctor or He's like a military person. He was in Seven, I realized. I mean, he was scary in Seven. He was scary as Wendell in Belko Project. But this, yeah, yeah it's a very, it's against his type, but that's just the funny, like, I, did, I got introduced to him as this. That's uh-huh. what I thought his character was on Scrubs for the longest time. And then the third John, John Cusack. Who went off the rocker in a few years, but yes, he's <laughs> on the top of the world. And I feel like he has kind of, because I talked about this with Christian Bale and like how his roles, some of his roles are really about like survival and like the shit they go through. And I feel like John Cusack is like, he does like 1409, this one, The Raven, like he'll do kind of those dark, like, who even am I? Like, this is the murder movie stuff. I'm not describing it well. The murder movie no, stuff. I, I get what you mean. His character in this is very similar to his character in 1408. Like, just very, yes. like... Yes, 1408. Quite, yes, yes, yes. Like the, I mostly know because... Well, actually, no, never mind. That's personal for me. Yeah, I know what you're going to say. Don't say that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, um... Continue, my good man. Segue, segue. Let us continue. Okay. Uh, da 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 uh, where they should head head to? Okay, so we just so they're gonna head to the hotel, motel, Holiday Inn. Oh, I was gonna make that joke. Sorry. Okay. Friendship um, ruined. So after they say we should head to the uh hotel, damn it, motel, <laughs> motel, uh, Holiday Inn, <laughs> Holiday Inn. <laughs> yeah, right. You got your chance. Um, we cut to Paris, hood still down, and it's raining heavily on her. She stops the car in front of her, uh, and in front of her is a river. Presumably, the bridge is out, and she must turn back. We're now in a, pl- uh, we're now in the present, and George has just charged into the hotel with his injured wife. It helps Tim York into in, and Larry notifies all of them that the phones are out and there's no reception. <gasps> okay, Ed drops the spoiled actress off and goes and finds help. Meanwhile, Paris, uh, meanwhile, Paris car, Paris's car (laughs) had broken, had broken down and she hails an oncoming car. It's Ed and he picks her up. And even though Paris warns him the way he's going is flooded, he goes anyway. And then predictably he gets stuck in a flood. (laughs) But lucky them, there's a car coming. The the car is populated with newlyweds, douchey Lou and superstitious, envious Jenny. Um... (laughs) That's what I call them. I think they're called Lou oh. and Jenny, but I don't know if they had, you know, if they had douchey in front of their, is that what they, 
Anyway, Ed roughly asks them for help, and they oblige, but tell them the other way is flooded as well. They give Ed and Paris a ride, and they go, they all go to the motel. They are all settling in, but a shift in atmosphere occurs when a police car pulls into the lot. Everyone feels it, except Lou, because he's a douche. (laughs) Officer Rhodes. Douche canoe, which they could have used because it was raining so much. Oh. Officer Rhodes, Ray Leota, pulls in, says he's transporting a convict, but the roads are out. The convict is not the bald man named Malcolm Rivers, but a creepy blonde dude. Uh, who's played by Jake Busey, named Robert Maine. Uh, Rhodes ties him up to the toilet when he gets into their room. Um, should we stop there, or should we keep going? I should I should keep going for a little bit. Yeah, maybe give us, like, a little bit more, okay. and then we can... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're You're set, the boss, they're, applesauce. They're all settling in, and creepy montage shows that they all have secrets. Larry putting away a photo of a man at the front desk that is not him. Ed takes pills. Um, Paris hiding money. <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if Ed taking pills is a secret, but whatever. <laughs> Paris, They're Paris not skittles. A lot of money. <laughs> Lou being a fucking creep. Uh, Robert, the convict, trying to break out of his confines. Road takes Rhodes takes off his jacket to reveal he's wearing a shirt with a hole and a blood stains in the back of it. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, and then here I'll I'll do this. Now murder time, Carolyn. Yeah. In a, yeah. <laughs> Carolyn, the the actress, the the irascible actress, in a horror sequence is hunted down while trying to get reception outside on her phone. Ed finds uh finds her in the laundry room, head in the dryer, with the room key number 10. Rhodes comes in and says his convict has escaped. Meanwhile, we go back to the courthouse. Dr. Malik, and remember that's Alfred Molina, is there with a defense lawyer, and, uh, and so are the DA and the DA assistant. The judge comes in, fucking pissed. He starts the process. <laughs> He's really pissed that he has to be a so. judge. Yeah, At it is. Midnight, it is. though. Uh, and and he says like a, a a convict he's already or like a case that he's already sat. He's already ruled on. Yeah. So he's he's pissed that they had to bring him in. The judge comes in fucking pissed. He starts the process when the defense lawyer interrupts, asking to wait until his client is present. The judge goes off on him and tells him to state his case. State your More? case. Oh, we can chat a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Everybody's there at the motel. I wanted to stop there for the first one, but I was like, damn, that is a lot for you. <laughs> I uh, definitely didn't leave a lot out. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're thorough. But, uh, but yeah, so actress is dead, right? Yes. We got, first yes. one dead. Motel key room. Uh, motel ten. key says room 10 on it. Yes. Uh-huh. And even though. Oh, even though her room is not 10. Um, <laughs> I like that snap and point. It's very visual. Actually, some, uh-huh. something that you pointed out in your uh, synopsis is not something that I put together watching it the first time. And I'm I'm not going to say no, too ahead. much, but but just you pointing out that the uh, the convict that he's bringing to the motel doesn't look like the bald guy. I kind of forgot yeah, that the bald guy too. existed. Yeah. So I just I assumed that. that this was 
the guy that they're having the uh well i think you know what Honestly, maybe I shouldn't have put that in because, like, the you bald guy shows. No, no, no. The bald guy shows up to the court, and then you're like, "Oh, wait, that's not." That's yeah, not yeah, but that happens dude. later. Yeah, yeah, because that's that what me and Sam later. had. Like, we, we were like, we, we thought, like, that's the that's the that's the convict that they they're were talking about, about in the, the courtroom, the prisoner transport, and then bald man rolls in. And was like, wait a minute, this guy. <laughs> yeah, that uh, was it, and I remember that blowing my mind. I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> There's a lot of what the fuck is going on in this um, movie. There is. Uh, what the hell speaking... is going on in here? Yes. Uh, speaking of that, uh, I just want to point out. So we, so Peter and I had not seen this movie, nope. but we went into this knowing it was going to be a movie yes. full of twists. And so Peter and I looked at each other and we're like, write down what you think is going yes. on. And it was we after... both made like predictions. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't tell oh, each other. Oh, yeah. We can both you tell us down. The... Uh, I think it was right after the actress died, right? Is that okay. when we made them? Or right before? Uh, it might have been right before, but then, like, we allowed ourselves, like, to... You're allowed to, like, adjust it, I think yes. we said, if you see other things. So I had, like... I started... I will say I got a few things right that were just kind of, like, minor details, so I don't know if I should say those now. Same. Uh, um, not, not yet. But, yeah. I, yeah, I want to say... Yeah. We'll, I'll go and spoil a lot in the next... We'll get like through the cool. the second half, but like, what yeah. was the ones that didn't come true? Did you have I a thought, few? I um, thought John Cusack was going to be a murderer. I did too. I wrote that down okay. also right away. I was like, he's that like a he's like a shitty guy. That was your first assumption. I, yeah, well, I, that he was a serial killer. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought he was putting on a front because uh, like okay. he seems too good. Like he rolls in and like. He hits this woman on accident, um, and then like oh, yeah. immediately like stops everything. Is like, hey, shut up, famous actor whose job it is, whose job mine is to drive you around. Uh, give yeah. me your phone. I'm gonna save this woman. I'm busting into a hotel. I'm gonna freaking sew her neck up because like I a have pro. that experience. And like, oh, and yeah, he's just right. like, yeah. he's just like he taking so control, and he's like. Even though everything's kind of going crazy, he's very calm throughout mm-hmm. the whole thing. And for I, I don't know. I think it's just the fact that I knew that there was a twist. I'm like, John Cusack's too calm. He's probably evil, right? <laughs> but little well, do I you know cause... that John Cusack plays that level of calm in like every, <laughs> in every fucking performance. In every movie. Yeah. yeah. Action movies, um, forget it. It's that no, level. He's, he's literally the same character in 2012. Um, <laughs> but he's not like that in Anastasia. I would say Dimitri That's is very true. emotional. Dimitri is uh, probably John Cusack's hottest role. I'm not even going to argue with you. Animated. Sam, Sam and I are. Um, <laughs> oh my god. We're in love with an animated man. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. We'll never have. When I closed my eyes during this movie, I thought Dimitri was a cab driver. <laughs> a limousine driver, man. Yeah. Exactly. Uh. He does. It is funny mind. that he. It's so convenient that it's like I'm a limousine driver and I was a cop, huh? Yeah. yeah okay. It just felt like he was too good <laughs> at like lateral between all these roles. Yeah. I do. I pointed this out to Sam and like, this might only be a friggin' L.A. thing. 
I just <laughs> really liked the detail that the car he was driving, there's a company down here called TCP. And you always know when a famous person is driving around because they're in a black car and on the black car on the back, it says TCP and then a number. <laughs> and that's the car he was driving. I was like, oh, I, I thought I thought it was an error at first that they had rented a, a very prominent company and featured it in the movie. And they're like, oh, no, he's driving an actor. That makes sense. Was this movie sponsored by that limousine company? Is that absolutely not? <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> a movie that disappeared like. Immediately, yeah, and that in, in which said limousine is like you know flooded and unusable almost immediately, <laughs> and almost oh, kills yeah, a person. He drove it, yeah, he drove it right into. <laughs> and also, no, it exactly hits a person. Cheap oh, grand like, you know, they probably did not want anything to do with this. Oh uh, yeah, all the care. So I think I read, uh, or I, 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 there's a video essay about this movie. I mean, there's very little video essays about this movie or anything about this movie, but there was one that was talking about how, how like whodunits. And I have this problem too, besides clue, this kind of tends to be the case where you're not really trying to get to understand these characters or uh, like these characters are broad strokes. So you can actually mm-hmm. focus on figuring out the mystery and it, they totally were in this one, too. Like, they were... I mean, douchey Lou was a douche. Um, you know, Okay, can I say something? And oh, wait, sorry. Well, I'm just I saying got- that it was Broadstrokes. Broadstrokes. And I like the explanation in this one for why that is. What were yes. you saying? Mm-hmm. We've been teasing it. Um. Well, I've, I've got... Did the douche canoe mixed up with John Hawks' character? What's his character's name? Larry. 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 Okay, so quick thing with Larry that I just... I just <laughs> oh, I know what you're going to say, Lily. Sam knows what I'm going to say. Well, okay, so when Paris gets to the, the yep. front of the, mm-hmm. the motel, which we've established very, like, dingy, like the actress is like, I can't stay here, blah, blah, blah. So when Paris goes in, and we've seen before, she's essentially like a sex worker. And she wants to go back home to Florida. And then Larry sees her and immediately somehow decides that she is a sex worker based yeah. on her jeans, sweater, and ponytail. And no, she has you don't no get it. She's wearing a jean skirt in the 2000s. Yeah. It, was je- it wasn't even a skirt. It was no, pants. He's immediately, he's like, we don't book rooms by the hour. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, what about this woman's outfit? Yeah. First right. of all, you'd be like, lucky to have her. She's gorgeous in this hotel. She would bring prestige to your establishment. <laughs> Second of all, how the hell do you? Yeah. How the hell do you? Did yeah, you yeah, like, that? Like, like, like a sense for hookers. Yeah. Like, well, what is like, that? Yeah, that was so well, clearly because for everybody figured out that she was Pops, a hooker. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, like immediately, everybody yeah. figured it out. It's just well, like, like look at what her, happened. Like, to yep. <laughs> and it's like immediately, it's like, oh, okay, he he like met up with a hooker one time in his past, and she probably told him he like had bad breath, and now he like hates hookers with a burning passion or something, mm-hmm. like. That was, and so it was just so weird of like, wow, this is, this is a, this is a choice. This is a thesis of, uh, of horror, Also, but- like, stereotypically, you know, I'll, I watch a lot of Law & Order SVU. The first no, thing no, that no. people notice, it's like, oh, well, she, she couldn't have been a, a hooker. She has great teeth and was healthy. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? 
And Amanda Pete literally looks like a Victoria's Secret model. She looks great. I haven't seen her in a lot, but like this one. So she's married to David Benioff, one of the uh, co-showrunners of Game of Thrones. Fun fact. And best friends with Sarah Paulson. So. Oh, what? Really? Yes. They have very funny videos of them together online. If you ever want a a chuckle at at friendship. They're very funny. (laughs) A shock at the friendship. But yeah, it was so weird how it was that, like. That's the alternate oh, name she... for this podcast. Chocolate <laughs> ch- friend. A chocolate friendship. A no. chocolate friendship. But yeah, no, it was just a very was... strange. Just because everyone had yeah. baggage in this, so it's like, uh, no, you're totally you right. Like, like I, have, I think I have an explanation for it. If, we, but uh, later on, we might want to wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, mm. yeah, it, I, I did think. I, again, I was watching this as a kid, so I don't. I don't know. Maybe this. I just. I just accepted. Oh yeah, obviously adults know what whores look like or what like sex workers <laughs> yeah, look of like. Of course. So, because I was like, I'm ten years old. Everybody knows everything more than me. So these guys clearly know that he, she's a hooker. She has but. brown hair, necklaces, and a ponytail. Streetwalker. Whale t- no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> and it's TikTok. I think she had spaghetti straps, so Whoa. that should have get her out of this establishment. She was basically her sweater looked like a juicy couture zip up. Like she was looking awesome. <laughs> well, also I love the montage in this. Like they really do. Like when that like police car comes in. I mean, the, the the whole mood just shifts, and it's like yes. it kind of brings more to this paranormal um, uh, angle to this movie. That oh, there's something wrong yeah. with where and we she are. Im- yeah, and she immediately knows Ray Liotta's a cop, like right away, like his posture, <laughs> something. And I was like, okay. That was funny sure. when no, I first directed. No, when, when when he came in, and everyone was oh, like, Cleo Duvall, and yeah, she's like, it was like, you're a cop. And I I think Sam, you, you said, how does she know he's a cop? Like he, oh, he looks exactly like oh, a cop. Yeah, <laughs> the way he's dressed, <laughs> the way he's standing, that haircut he has, like he he is like you took the dictionary definition of cop and made, made it into Ray Liotta. Yeah, <laughs> but I like we, how how uh, John Cusack's character Ed like inserts himself as like I'm a cop too, kind of not really. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he's like, I used to be a take- cop. <laughs> Can we take turns on that radio that doesn't work, or are we not getting uh-huh. signals? And, and, and then, then Ray Liotta was like, I got it. I got yeah, it. He's like, no. No, we're not doing that. I got it. Yeah. I'll be fine. But, but he it was just a, was funny. He is an inept police officer. Just lose, well, just not. There's, there is an explanation later on. So I know, but if you're watching it, because when I was watching it, I was like, you can't. You can't do this. This is... I don't care if this is Nevada, godless well, I, country. You, you gotta take you can, care of your your people better. You can, you can, you can. I mean, what what do you want to say? I mean, don't worry about spoilers. What did you want to say? You can't do. What, what did you mean? Well, like, just you can't just change someone to a toilet and think, oh, all done. <laughs> That's what I thought. I was like, "What uh-huh. are you doing? This guy looks massive." He's Jake literally Busey? isn't he? Are we to believe Gary Busey's brother? Uh, son. Oh, okay. Sorry, I thought I it was know. son. I thought it was son. Go Maybe Billy. it's not. I, thought, I also thought it was son. 
Maybe it is brother. I don't they know. They both kind of have old faces. I don't know. <laughs> but did um, you did you notice he talks really weird? Like the, again, yes. talking about caricatures. Like he talks. Thank you for your like. Thank you for showing. Secrets. Like when when he's like Larry shows them to the room, uh, the convict and oh, uh, yeah. Ray Liotta. I and love he's his like, voice. Thank you for your service. And it's like that's the creepiest. What are you doing? <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. I didn't get his motivation. That's how all you know, just, that's how all serial killer convicts talk. Yar, you know, I'm a serial I, killer. So Beware. I, I don't really know who Jake Busey was uh, when we started this movie, um, and so I I just got glimpses of him, and I was trying to figure out because like he looks familiar, and I don't know why he looks familiar. I thought it was John Hedder at first. <laughs> Oh, uh, aka Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, uh, <laughs> that'd be a very different role for him. Yeah. Well, I was uh, like, Jake Busey hasn't been in anything ever, and then I see that he's actually like a starring role on um, um, Stranger Things. Is that yeah, true? I just noticed that too. Mm-hmm. I, well, I just is he like the he's not a starring role? He's in five episodes. Yeah, he's a yeah, oh. he's a recurring character. I think he's dead. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, well. All right. Wow, Stranger <laughs> Things spoilers, too. Well, I don't know Stranger Things. Things. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, oh, everybody everybody takes that face value. Oh, it was season three. All right, we get it. Is oh, that a bad it. season? Is that what's happening? <laughs> oh, no, it was just two seasons ago. People are caught oh, up okay. on it. So, like, 12 years ago. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, should I continue or do we have? Yeah. No, what do you want to say? I have Peter? one more thing. Yes, go for it. Um, I like this. The, here's my hyper niche um, because I'm 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 in prep for a movie right now and I'm very focused in on props at the moment and I really like the motel keys. I think they did a good job designing them. I think they look cool and I like the way they used them. Just yeah, want to stand say, out. Props wow, to the I, props. You, you you made hotel keys for something you worked on once. I've made I've made so many hotel oh, yeah. keys. Peter's a lot of respect for hotel keys. I I used you, hotel keys in three separate movies. Didn't you clone your own key? So yes. like then yeah. So now every, Peter you gave have like out our house of, key to dozens of strangers. I got Jesus. them all back. <laughs> Uh, did you? I did. did you? We also don't live there anymore, so it's okay. Right, right. Who's that at the door? No. It's Peter Clark trying to get into your house. It's okay. Ray Liotta. <laughs> that would be what happens next, Wesley? Ah, oh, that's insensitive. Sorry. All right. Um, so, R.I.P. Ray Liotta. Yeah. We return oh. to the hotel. Oh, God, I keep saying that. We return we, to the hotel. We return to the motel. <laughs> you know what? She has a name. Her name is no, Paris. Okay, <laughs> we need to destigmatize sex work. Okay. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> We're 40 we minutes return- into the episode. Let's go. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We return to the motel and people are... Re- I'm going to read for a little bit. Okay. The remaining people are panicking. Jenny freaks out and runs back to her room. Lou follows... Uh, they get into a domestic and she locks herself into the bathroom. As Lou is calmly trying to have her open the door, he starts freaking out because he's being stabbed to death. The murderer, the murderer tries to enter the bathroom and Ginny escapes through the window. They find Lou's body. 
The convict is running away from the motel now. We cut to the convict, uh, the escape convict, who is running away from the uh, motel. He runs into some buildings he sees in the distance. He looks out the window of one and sees somehow he's back at the motel. Rhodes sees him through the window and chains him up again after beating the shit out of him. Um, Things happen, and Larry is told to stay with the convict. Ed takes pictures of Lou's crime scene with Paris present and tells her about his backstory, um, which I'm not going to go into. He sees Lou... He sees Lou is holding um, is holding room key number nine and realizes the murderer is counting down. They go back to find the convict has had a baseball bat shoved down his throat. He's dead. Wild. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was intense. It's really horrific. Oh, my yeah, God. That one, it scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know what you're picturing at home. It's worse it's than worse that. It's worse than what you think <laughs> it is. It's very scary. So they go back, and he it's a baseball de- a sh- bat shoved down his throat. He's dead. Now all suspicion points to Larry, who was supposed to be with him. Things happen. Larry tries to take Paris hostage, denies he's the murderer, but they find a dead man frozen in his motel freezer. He tries to escape, taking the truck and driving away, but swerves and hits an onlooking George York, John C. McGinley. Um... Cut to the courthouse again. Dr. Malik explains to the judge about disassociative identity disorder and is interrupted when the bailiff announces that Malcolm Rivers has arrived. He is wheel, uh, in, is wheeled, in the room is wheeled Malcolm, oh God, is wheeled (laughs) Malcolm Rivers, a big bald man. He is drugged, but his eyes are open, fluttering about. Cut to Larry, now tied up. He says he found the man in the freezer dead. Uh, he says he lost everything in Vegas a month ago, and he came to this hotel, uh, motel. I wrote it a hotel. Holiday okay, in. yeah, Mo- <laughs> a motel. And the man has re- and the man had recently died. Before he knew it, a customer walked in, and he had checked them into their rooms. He put the man in the freezer and was waiting for someone to show up and claim him, but no one did. Uh, people kind of believe him. And Jenny then sh- uh, spouts some superstitious stuff about the motel being built on an Indian burial ground. A little later, Tim York is sh- in shock about his stepdad uh, dying, goes in to see his injured mom. The rest wait- of them wait outside and try to establish a connection between them. Uh, they see that Alice York has just died a little later, and she's holding a room key number six. That's weird. She died naturally. They found room keys number eight and seven on the bodies of George and the convict when they go out and explore. Convict. Mm. They start to freak out, really believing this place is cursed. Ed tells Jenny to take Tim to the car and get out of here. They they head there. Uh, And just as Rhodes starts to protest, they see an explosion. The car with Jenny and Tim is in smolders, but no bodies are found. In fact... They. Okay, hold on. Oh, fact... <laughs> sorry, sorry. This, I, is I, this is gibberish. This is gibberish. In fact, they go back to all the crime scenes, and the bodies are nowhere to be found. Um, I'm gonna stop there. Yeah, I think it was a good. Yeah. I I will say that whole freaking sequence where so many people died, and like especially to top it off with, I mean, first off when. <laughs> 
John C. McGinley gets hit with the car. Yeah. Out, out of like no like because like the kid runs it the kid like is in the friggin' street and so the innkeeper swerves and just hits John C. McGinley and is like, oh my god. And then all this stuff happens and then the mom dies and but she mysteriously has the key and then the fucking car explodes. I was so yeah. locked into this movie. Like in my head, my theory of what the twist was changed like every yeah, 15 seconds. Yeah. I'm like, oh, maybe this, maybe this. Maybe it is the Native American bear ground. What's going on? Yeah. I, know, so I started to be like, oh, is there actually something supernatural going on? And then like when they go and like all the bodies are missing too, it's like, oh shit, Whoa. like what is happening? I'm totally lost. Yeah. That's, that was my favorite sequence in the whole movie. There's literally Just, like, 20 no minutes explanation of wild for death. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and there's no explanation for it, and that's the weird part about this. Like, again, you're completely lost. First of all, there's a parallel story going on that we've been mentioning, and then uh-huh. there's this story, and you're like, well, the convict doesn't match the convict that's in the other uh-huh. other area. I don't know what's happening. Larry seems to be, you know, everybody has these bizarre secrets, like that Larry yeah. secret, the... The the Ginny like talking about like the burial ground and aliens and shit and you're like what is going on? Um, yeah, I really like that. Um, I yeah. I will you. say so like one of my predictions I feel like was because it was just obvious straight from the beginning is like I knew it wasn't gonna like I knew they were for sure gonna find the convict guy like mm-hmm. dead at some point. And they were all going to first assume, okay, right. that's the serial killer yeah. guy. He's going to kill people. Obviously he's not the killer and it's going to be someone else. You don't expect as much. And, uh, yeah, I did, I did have other theories for that, yeah. which what if, what if it was the convict true. and they just arrested him and then they, we found you. Gotcha. I, I stopped doing that. Yeah. I, I will say like that the whole shame, sequence shame. where like, the convict breaks out really easily and then runs uh, runs away. And then when he finally gets re-caught, Ray Liotta, uh, uh, who's the cop, just starts, like, beating him up, uh, re- like, an insane amount. I'm like, yeah, no wonder he escaped. You're a terrible cop. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you were referring to, uh, Lily, when you were like, ah, he's a bad cop? Yes. I mean, he is. He is not good at his job. He's no. not good, yeah. He's really I mean, bad, and he's like, I wonder really if def- there's a reason for He's that. really Sam, defensive right? We're about not there it, yet. too. <laughs> but that was, I will say that, okay, so the thing that I'm hinting at is something I thought early on that Ditto. was going to turn for out you. to be that. Can, can we just... Can I just get to the like read the rest and then we yeah, can just talk about Yeah, I think we're at the point all. where yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I feel like most of what I have left to discuss is about yeah. spoilers. Yes. Yeah. So f- okay. from here on out, officially, these are all yeah. the major spoilers. We've, we've for dropped movie. several hints that you may have already put together, but right. yeah. here it is explicitly. Right. When you say it, I mean, when you watch it, it doesn't, they're just images and words flashing in your mind when I actually have to detail like the account like through. Um, words like to read mm-hmm. it back to you, then you pick up a lot more where you're like, Oh, I see that as a clue because you're giving me a clue because that's in the mm-hmm. summary. Um, yes. so I just think it's interesting how, how that works, how stories work. All right, thoroughly scared and confused and feeling trapped in this room, uh, they eventually, the four of them, uh, the four remaining, eventually establish a connection. 
Paris screams out, What do you want from us? I'm turning... Oh, sorry, I got a notification. <laughs> I'm turning 30 ne- next week. I want to go home. It is then they realize they all have the same birthday, May oh. 10th. Now, even more confused, they see the licenses uh, of all the residents, um, all the residences uh, that have died, and they all have that birthday as well. Ed realizes uh, further that the names are states. Ed Dakota... Uh, Caroline, Suzanne, uh, da, 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 da. oh, I, this is my favorite, Ginny and Lou Louisiana. <laughs> That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Rhodes, Rhode Island, uh, Larry Washington, all that jazz, and th- and so on. Tim yeah. York, George York, Paris, New York, whatever her Paris. last name. Oh, Paris. Well, Paris, like Columbia or something. Paris. Yeah. <laughs> or Paris, like New Jersey. Ecuador. That would be a, a weird last name, wouldn't it? <laughs> Hi, my name is Paris, New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, uh, and here it is, guys. Ed realizes the names are states. Ed, in bewilderment, recites the poem we heard at the beginning. Then he hears Dr. Malik's voice, Alfred Molina's voice, and is transported to the courtroom, sitting in the same clothes and the spot, the same spot where Malcolm Rivers should be sitting. <gasps> Malik recognizes Ed and proceeds to explain t- that Malcolm Rivers uh, has uh, DID, uh, Dissociative Identity Disorder, and that he, along with the people <sighs> he met at the motel, were his other personalities. He shows a picture, or he, sh- he brings a mirror to show Ed his face, and it is that of Malcolm Rivers. Ed slash Malcolm freak the fuck out. Malik continues to say one of the personalities are responsible for a horrible mass murder five years ago. And if they're not killed, Malcolm will be killed. And all of them. That's a bad sentence. Um, Kill the murderer personality or you all die. Yes. With that, Ed transfers back, knowing what he has to do. Paris, meanwhile, back at the motel, discovers in Rhodes' police car that the corrections officer was carrying not one, but two convicts, one of them being Rhodes, uh, Ray Liotta. The movie pauses and rewinds. We see Rhodes and Robert in the backseat of the police car. Rhodes shivs the officers through the seat and takes his clothes. Fast forward, and it becomes a showdown, Rhodes killing Larry and Ed returning very tranquil with his fate. He kills Rhodes, but takes bullets and dies himself. He tells Paris to have a good life. Paris leaves the next day, heading to Florida, and Malcolm Rivers leaves in the morning back with Dr. Malik to the institution. All seems well until Paris goes to her garden and digs up a room key number one. She is frightened and turns around to see Tim York with a hoe. A metaphor, maybe? The kid, yes. (laughs) It turns out... It turns out he, it turns out he was the one who murdered everyone through circumstance and I don't know. Malcolm becomes agitated while in the back seat of the prison transport. Malik asks what's wrong. Malcolm, oh, I just had a sentence saying Malcolm. Both Tim and Malcolm (laughs) say in unison, uh, whores don't get a second chance. Tim kills Paris. And Malcolm kills Dr. Malik and the driver. 
the, the, the car stops in the middle of the desert, and you hear Tim York whispering that poem that's so fucking eerie. And that yes. is Identity. Okay, I kept joking yep. the entire yep. time that we were watching the movie. It was like, what if it's the kid? I bet you the kid's the one doing it the whole time. Wouldn't that be hilarious if it was the kid? And surprise, then, surprise. And it was the kid. Well, I knew it was the kid. That was the one thing that I knew. I was like, no. I, like, as a kid, I was like, it's the one you never expect, and it, that would be the kid. I didn't know how it was going to be the kid, but I, mm-hmm. I prided myself yeah. on well, knowing okay, it was Okay, so him. my, like, serious guess was that it was going to be the cop guy because earlier you see him he's like has his jacket mm-hmm. off and you see that there's like a bloody like stab mark on the back of his shirt that's like never explained until later you realize he stabbed that cop that was transporting them in the back and then he took that cop's shirt to dress as a cop so <sighs> i was seriously guessing that it was going to be the cop who was the murderer and then jokingly guessing that it was the kid uh so i feel like i was very right yeah. Uh, my, but they do my, play with your thing where you say, oh, because they do reveal, oh, it is the cop because he's not what he says. He's yeah. actually a convict. So you are actually thinking, oh, so the twist is that's the twist, along with the other 16 twists that we just you know, yeah. discovered yeah. in I the know. last 14 my, minutes. My my prediction was um, everyone is already dead and they are the victims of the serial killer. That. Was what I, I was thinking would the first have time. loved that. That would have been cool too. Yeah. Um, I guess so. For me, I did like. Now I'll kind of say I did really enjoy this movie. I do yes. love a lot of the things in this type of like murder mystery, spooky like genre um, from this time it's period. Very spooky for like yeah. a thriller movie, like yeah. like. There, there were definitely part, especially when all the bodies disappeared. We were mm-hmm. saying, "Like, oh my god, this is a horror movie now." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so no, I yeah, had it kind of time. blends genres, which is cool. Uh huh. I think for me, the only thing is, I don't like when it's twist on a twist on a twist on a twist. I want. I was kind of hoping it was just going to be one big twist. And for me, I honestly could have been completely satisfied and happy if the movie had ended with the reveal of John Cusack being in the like trial room and revealing like, Hey, you're just a personality of this guy. I could have been happy. Like, boom, end of movie. Um, but there wouldn't have been any closure with the whodunit mystery. Well, like they would I have almost, still not well, found. Okay. So I guess then what I didn't like then was then going back into that and then having flashbacks in this, what we now know is a fake sort of storyline that's just in someone's head. So what I would have liked is if we completely solved the whodunit and then had the reveal of them being someone's personalities rather than having that reveal, then going back, then having a bunch of reveals within this, like what we now know is a made up world and then like ending the movie there. So I just wish that they had kind of like flipped those things and then ended it Mm -hmm. on the, the one reveal. Well, to their credit. Oh, Go on, Peter. Uh, no, I was, uh, do your thing first and I'll come back. Okay. To their credit, I would say, you know, they, they revealed that massive twist. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, okay, that's the massive twist. And then didn't you feel like, oh, that showdown was so quick. Like, 
they were like, yeah, now you don't care about this yes. world because they're all a part was, of, yeah. uh, like you don't like now that we swept the rug under from under you. Yes. Mm-hmm. They're all visions of this guy or all personalities of this guy. Therefore, we're not going to take a lot of time to, you know, to get rid of them because you don't care about them anymore because they're just one guy. So I felt like that was to their credit, yeah, well, a that- good thing. See, but that was kind of my issue, I guess, is that then when we go back to this whodunit we've been building up the whole time, I was like, well, I don't care about this anymore because now I know it's an actually like completely different thing mm. than what was originally set up, which is why I was saying like, I feel like if they could have solved the whodunit and then had that huge reveal, it would have like, I would have been more invested in all of the twists at the end. Essentially, Sam, you're saying you kind of wanted them to close one chapter before they started the other one. Yes. Okay. Yes. I, I, uh, um, has anybody here watched Doom Patrol? No. No. It's an excellent show. You should watch it. Great stuff. There's a character with DID, um, and there's a, there's a similar sequence in the show. She often, like, goes inside her own head and like all of her different personalities are living there and they're all interacting with each other. And they're all like, there's this huge freaking facility that they're in. Um, and, uh, they're all like conscious of the fact that they are personalities and they, they, it changes the relationship. And I, I, I totally get like the story and plot, uh, perspectives of like oh yeah that that's a big rug pull and now all of a sudden all these backstories don't really mean anything uh but the 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 way i was seeing it's like especially with ed coming back in with the knowledge that everyone's a personality uh it's like oh now it's not just like a now it's not just a whodunit it's Either we solve this or we all die, and mm. most likely only one person is coming out on top. Mm-hmm. So I like that he went in, like, be, true to his character in the whole movie. He's like, I'm going to sacrifice myself to make sure that everybody else, like, like, I'll take this dude out and I'll let him take me out too because I've just had this huge revelation. I'm not a real person, mm-hmm. uh, I'm just a personality. Um, uh, uh, my consciousness is not knows, predicated on reality. Yeah. So all yeah. he knows is that it's a very um, succinct way to say it. Yeah. Paris for in, in his mind is the last one. He's like, well, you go save yourself. Uh, yeah. uh, I'd rather there be one personality and it be you. And then I don't Well, how to... could you go on? I mean, this is what I thought about yeah. when I was a kid. How could you go on knowing that you're just inside a guy who like a, a very broken man who's mm-hmm. been abused, who's been, but how could you just go on thinking that you're a cop, even though like, you know, the truth. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, it reminded me of this like movie. Um, I don't even know what the name of it is or whatever, but it's an Ar- Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where he finds out he's actually the clone of the, the, the guy like, uh, he, he's actually a clone oh. of someone else. It's not Total yeah. Recall. I, yeah, I was going to say Total mm, Recall, so. but I don't think no. that's... But it's all about clones, and I was like, oh, God. Like, that gave me existential problems when I was, like, eight. <laughs> oh, you no. Know? I was like, oh, gosh. Oh, Wesley's first existential crisis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but this was my second. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no! No! 
Um, also, I uh, just want to go back to that, that Ray Liotta, like, reveal that he has a bloody shirt. That also mm. played into, like, the horror of it, because I actually thought yes. he was dead. Totally. I was like, Fair. did he get killed? The, and that's a When wound? I saw that, I in my head, I'm like, theory confirmed, they're all already dead. I was right <laughs> the whole time. No, see, yeah. I, I just put it as the, like, oh, he must have stolen that shirt from the cop he's, oh, whose place smart. he took. No, um, I, I just was like, oh, uh, that's really weird i think he's dead <laughs> or yeah. i can't explain it he's just he has a bullet in his back uh-huh <laughs> and he's taking it real well <laughs> he's doing it good um, yeah yeah i i this is jumping way far back and we did kind of touch on this a little bit but i just want to highlight it because i i i did enjoy it when ray liotta pulls up for the very first time and we just see Ginny like Stand up. It's like, there's a cop here. <laughs> she just <laughs> instinctively knows. I know. You were like, well, because she says, like, well, it was so funny because it happened where she just went, <gasps> and then you said, here. what, does she have, like, a like six cents for cops? And then she just goes, it's cold. And he was like, she does. <laughs> well, that's why I liked it. I was like, ooh. And then, and then Lou is like, what? <laughs> I, I don't yeah. know. Lou sucks. Lou's my least favorite character. Yeah, I, I'm glad he died. Too. Same. What? Lou yeah. sucks. Well, there was a memorable whole, too. Yeah. Uh, there was a, like honestly, there's a few things that we left out, like the backstory of Ed and Lou and Ginny's like why they got married because he was or she told him that he was pregnant, but the twist is yeah. that she's not pregnant, and it didn't matter. But it was no. still kind of like a oh in the okay, moment that, when you're watching. Yeah, in the yeah. moment when you're watching it for the first time, you think it might, so you kind of pay attention to it. But then when you, when you're done watching it, you don't necessarily. If it's your first time watching it, you don't necessarily walk away going, "Wow, she lied to him." <laughs> like that's not <laughs> she, your takeaway. Lou was the victim there. Exactly. Oh, that's your exactly. <laughs> I, I also liked that Karen uh, uh, is a stupid bitch whore. That's what she yes. said. Clea like, <laughs> Duvall funny. deserved to be exploded. What? <laughs> uh, gotta love Didn't Lily deserve- always always arguing for the uh, abusive white man. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, like she always a classic does. Lily move. <laughs> classic Lily. Yeah. Look, maybe if she I, wasn't I did- such a bitch, it would have been different. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's true. That's true. <laughs> I, I did really like the uh, the little geographical hint of uh, all the characters are named after states and Malcolm Rivers uh, brings all the personalities together in between two flooded rivers into the uh, motel. What? Oh my, <laughs> my mind is blown. Well, also at the beginning, oh. uh, well, during those, those clips, like I was trying to figure out because I knew the twist. I was trying to figure out which voice was uh, like Malik talking to. Uh-huh. So, so like one was Ed because he was like I still have those headaches and then when he comes into the thing he's like Doc did I get those headaches again, um, and and then he he says something about I know he's like Do you know who you are and then and then Malcolm Rivers on the tape says I know that the that Columbia is the capital of North Carolina. Like South Carolina because I used South to Carolina. live there. Yeah, oh. South Carolina. I knew it right after said it. I was like, I learned this when I was in eighth grade. <laughs> um, God damn it! I like that. Fuck. 
Yeah, yeah. there was another um, kind of beginning moment watching it for the second time. You just pick up on things a little bit more. And when um, uh, Paris is getting picked up by John Cusack when he's trying to get to the hospital, uh, she gets into the uh, the shotgun uh, seat and she finds that he has been reading Jean-Paul Sartre. Mm-hmm. I was going to bring that up. That's great. Yeah, Go, on. Like, Go on. Okay. On being and nothingness. Mm-hmm. On being and nothingness. And um, existentialism. And like, because his whole thing was like, you know, I, like we have to make our own meanings. Government, religion, they don't decide our meanings and our purpose in life. That's on the individual, which is very interesting when you look at the context of this, because they all, you know, they all come in with their own agendas and their own ideas, but ultimately they're nothing. Like, yeah. yeah, they're everything and they're nothing. It's kind of like the poem. Uh, life is meaningful. There was a man who wasn't there, you know? Right. It's just like, I wish he's not leave. there. I wish he'd leave. I but wish I, he'd I, leave. I did like, again, going back to the char- character archetypes, it, it explains why they are yes. so one dimensional. It, it kind of also- helps you frame <coughs> what things are going to be. Like, it kind of gives you a little roadmap of like, Okay, maybe don't take things at face value. Things are going to, like, this is going to be kind of a heightened reality when you look at that book. You're like, okay, things are not as they seem. Like, this is not, like, yeah, don't take anything at face value is kind of the warning I got from looking at the book. And also, it it is interesting to think about this must have been Malcolm Rivers, like, people that he knew. Like, I want to say that these were people that he knew. Perhaps as victims. Well, but maybe he, even like, that. There Peter, were six stop deaths. trying to make your theory work. <laughs> Shut no, no, no. the fuck there, up, Peter. No. There, there were six victims, so it does leave about ten or four left uh, unaccounted for. But uh, I'm I sorry, just... are we the four? Uh oh. <gasps> oh my god! Oh no! I've been making all these hotel keys. Peter! No! <laughs> You're Larry. Shit, guys. I'm I just want to go to the Orange Grove. So this is the last episode of mm. Hello from Obscurity. <laughs> fun fact. Yeah. Uh, I, I dove into the little IMDb fun fact section. Um, uh, Dead Larry, the previous uh, uh, inn owner who was in the freezer, was the executive producer. Aw. Oh. <laughs> nice little cameo. It was a dead What a buddy. trooper. <laughs> dead buddy. Yum. I did see also in the, I think there was a few trivia bits there where it was like, the guy, the fat guy who had the whipped cream on his chest and tied to the bed, he was supposed to have a story too. And I was like, really? Oh, yeah. What have what you done with that story? Actually, <laughs> you know you know what? Um, the, I, I think the most interesting, like, I weird fun fact. I my chest. I need a wax. Before we find the killer, can, does anyone... Does anyone have a razor? I'm dying over. You think you're dying from that? That Could you knife untie me from the bed? And it Hear me out. Murder no idea. I haven't paid her yet. So <laughs> she needs. I think, dear listeners, anyway, what, we are all. Yeah. Sleep anyway, deprived. what I was yeah, saying. Right. <laughs> uh, that what I think my favorite fun fact that I found is um, <gasps> there's a line of dialogue that. Um, you can see John Cusack and Ray Liotta saying, but is the the actual sound is cut out, where uh, it's right after they kill each other. Uh, Ray Liotta says, "It wasn't me," and John Cusack says, "I know." What? Yeah. Bra. 
Well, then that makes Ed's sacrifice not. He's like, I know. All Are right, you I'm saying die. it means I nothing? I think that's why they cut it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, do we have anything else to say about this movie? I, 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 yeah, fe- I, got, I feel like I we're got all one getting more. tired. So <laughs> oh, please, please go on. I don't want to interrupt anybody, but I will say. Man. Yeah, I will say <laughs> I, we can end it any time. Um, yeah, so I think just with the framing, I think I was talking to Peter about this before we hit record. Um, I, I enjoy the tool of abnormal psychology as like the framework for a whodunit horror, like murder mystery stuff. I do think that historically like Shutter Island, uh, Jacob's Ladder. Am I, am I correct? Uh, no, not yeah, Jacob's I mean, Ladder. Not Jacob's Ladder. Um, I can't think of any other examples, but I know there's more. I'm so there's sorry. There's that Agatha Christie book they talk about in the movie. Yes, yeah, and then there were none. Book. And then they were none. But the um, movie title was Ten Little Indians, which I don't like. The movie yeah. that they made out of that. Um, and I think just because sometimes when we, when we talk about movies that have been forgotten, like, oh, well, they don't make movies like this anymore. You couldn't make that now. I think abnormal psychology, I think now would be harder to get made and, like, taken mm. seriously mm-hmm. in today's well, landscape. There, there is a little bit of the, like, DID is a very, like, real, like, yes. mental health issue. Exactly. And sometimes the, like, ooh, using, like, you know, schizophrenia or, like, any Spooky. of these, like, really things, like, let's turn yes. them into serial killers who yeah. are evil. Like, and so that was, I guess, also my thing with, like, not liking just that final twist of then his evil little person, kid personality being the one who wins. And oh yes. no, now this like guy with this mental health disorder is going to come after you. Like kind of being the final note of the movie. Like I think yeah. that's a little, you know. Right. Yeah. I think, that definitely I think feels dated whole, now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This whole, I mean, if you really think about this movie, this is such a ludicrous premise and a ludicrous, right. um, uh, like, yeah, I think that it's, it's just dated in general. And, like, I like this movie because the movie premise is just so off the rails. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. we did this experiment where we all got you guys. We Well, we got Malcolm Rivers to convince all his personalities to meet up at a motel or at least cross paths with, at a motel. <laughs> that like, life no. life circumstances would all bring them to this motel this one night. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 And I think, um, yeah, I just don't really know what the future of these kinds of movies are going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not, you know, that's not good. That's not bad. It just feels like writers, studios, they just don't really know what to do with stuff like this anymore. Mm hmm. Um, and I think there is a way forward. I think that might be more like more movies not, like this. <laughs> I think just like because I, I do enjoy these movies and I think these this definitely feels even though it wasn't that long ago, it already feels just like a bygone era of storytelling. Um, it, do, it does feel yeah. like definitely very early 2000s. It's like that, yes. that's a very specific point in time, like culturally. Uh, yes. And, yeah. And yeah. And that time is now done. Uh, going off your point, Lily, I feel like uh, uh, I 
in my mind, at least, I, I think these type of movies are going to start leaning away from thriller and start going into sci-fi. I think okay. it's going to be a lot more like going in, I like going into someone's head and like then like maybe like like Legion different aspects of X-Men. yourself. Yeah, like Legion. Um, well, you know, we say this is a bygone era, but this movie made like 16 million out of like 28 million that it put into itself. Uh-huh. So, like, was it a bygone era in 2003? Like, people didn't see this movie sure. and everybody forgot, you know? So, I mean, there was Jacob's Ladder, which had the psychological twist. There was there was a lot of the there was a Sixth Sense and then yes, whatever he, that's whatever the one he I was did thinking. after. Yes. And I think everybody else wanted to do that, but then nobody really it's kinda like when Quentin Tarantino had his like indie revolution. Everybody wanted a movie, indie movie like that. Everyone and, tried know, to do pulp fiction. Yeah, and it, it, we got stuff or like Reservoir Dogs. Bloom and it's just like not good. Like not good <laughs> stuff that came out yeah. of that. Or some good, but like it's panning for gold and you get mostly dirt. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think um, even like just the because the, I, I know we talked about like this movie definitely veers into horror at some times. And I definitely feel yeah. like like people who are labeled like crazy are always like the perpetrators, even, you know, going back all the way to, you know, psycho and stuff. And I, so I think there is that history. But now it's just like, God, what the fuck do we do now? Because <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I like these movies, but I think. Yeah, you just you just gotta. It's just a different time that we're in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Now but we got Ryan Johnson making the Who Done It's. Oh yeah. God. Yeah, I like you do. I like yeah. Ryan I know. Johnson. I'm glad you like him. <laughs> I'm really happy for you. Guys, let's let's wrap this up. Why don't we? Let's do it. All right. Um, I think I have one. <laughs> oh, okay. I just wanted to shout out. By the way, um. The guy who plays Malcolm, he has uh, like a uh, like a thing with his eyes, and they flutter, and that's so like good. his natural yes! thing. It's his oh, natural for real? thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, cool. I wondered about pupils, that. His pupils cannot um, cannot stay like still. Like they can't so stop. Have, yeah, it's wow. ni astigma or something like that. Neastigma. Okay. stigma. Um, but anyway, he's, he's played in a couple, I mean, he's played in a lot of things. He's a character actor and he played in Mississippi burning and he, he mostly plays like dumb. Yes. That's what I saw. Yes. But like he was great in this movie and I always want to give him props because I think of all, I think of big actors and I'm like, that guy was incredible. And his reaction was so freaky, like kind of very scary. He was so scared that that was his face. What happened to Uh my face? Anyway, I think of that performance, and I just want to want to shout him out. What's Absolutely. his name? Absolutely. Was he gorgeous? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Don't listen to he me. He was in Constantine as a as a priest. He was in <gasps> oh. Jacob's Ladder. He was in <laughs> Jacob's Ladder. Yeah. This is a Jacob's Ladder, like Jason Manzuka said, and how did this get made? This is he a Jacob's in- Ladder. He was in JFK uh, and Mississippi Burning, which I saw him in Mississippi Burning, and he's great in that. All, All right. right. Great so, cast. Yeah, really good. Um, so, so, you are. I am. Fuck me. I don't know how to do this. <laughs> we I are nothing. This, this episode is nothing. Thank you, Jean-Paul Sartre. <laughs> you are, here we go. Here we go. You are Ed. 
and you get taken out into a courtroom. <laughs> and you're in this courtroom and you're freaking out. They give you this option. We're John, John Cusack, that's Ed? Yeah, yeah John okay. Cusack is Ed. And they get Alfred Molina says, oh, I don't know how to do this. I, this is not a great segue. You can either. Oh, I can't do this. Okay. I think you can I know either, where you're trying to go with it. Yeah. I don't, do you know how to finish this? I you can don't. Either, Pick this movie <laughs> back from the obscurity or not. That's all we want you for. We don't want to, you know, exonerate this Wait, man. We just want to know what you think of this movie. And then go back and, and we ruined your life. That's what he said. That's what he says in this scenario. He doesn't say you should kill the killer or else you'll get executed. The stakes are very low. Uh, I guess. I don't Wait, know. I, yeah. So it's not... Can I propose an alternate <laughs> yeah, metaphor? No, this is perfect. Um, yeah, go ahead, Peter. Uh, <laughs> you're John Cusack still. We can keep that. We'll keep you Cusack. Just Do hit this movie with, with your car. car. <laughs> exactly. I am not a bad guy. I'm a good guy who runs over women with his car. <laughs> You've just hit this movie with your car. Do oh you go back and save this movie, bring it to... The motel of the public light, or do you leave this woman, this movie, on the road of obscurity? Oh my god, so our choice here is do we do like a drive-by? We have to stop taking these, they're metaphors, they're not literal. Yeah, but it's the negative stuff that's always like, okay, let's say you are a man with whipped cream and birthday candles (laughs) on your chest, and you're tied to a bed. And Amanda Peet just left, no. Um, I like Peters. Let's do Peters. Let's do Peters. So do you Um, you hit this one? I'd help, because this is one of those movies where I recommend not knowing anything, no trailers, nothing, and just letting it unfold. It's one of those great examples of just just watch it, you know? And I think you, you grow as a viewer from watching stuff like this. Huh. Yeah, I, I can go I agree next. with Lily. Oh, Yay! Okay. Go, go, Peter. <laughs> the host always goes last. <laughs> yeah, shut oh, the is that fuck true? up. No. I did not know that. <laughs> Wait, go with Follow the rules that we just made up. Get in All line. Right, go, 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 Peter. I, no, I agree with Lily. Um, unfortunately, if you've just heard our podcast, you can't go in blind, but I highly recommend you go in blind. Um, maybe you only listened to the the review at the very end. Uh, but no, this movie was like, I I stayed so engaged the entire time. I, I really enjoyed all the characters. I really, there were a lot of twists. I got twist fatigue by the end, but I enjoyed most of the twists. Um, I'm, I'm still, I am absolutely recommending this movie to more people that deserves to be seen more. So unlike mm. whores, this movie gets a second chance. <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay, cool. Tim York, do you kill Paris at the end? <laughs> or not? Oh, my God. Uh, We're not doing yeah. a great job with these metaphors. Keep going. That's what's uh, fun about it. Yeah. No, I, I think I'm on the exact same page as Peter. I, you know, I said my kind of issues with just some of the, like, you know, structure of the ending, but I think otherwise I really enjoyed this movie. I had a great time. Uh, I was also very focused. As I also said before, I love a lot of these like twisty murder, like mystery kind of plot books and like movies and stuff. Uh, so yeah, no, this was a, this is a great time. And, uh, 
I would I would give uh, that person that I just ran over uh, a hand. <laughs> you I cut off your hand? Movie. No. <laughs> oh, okay. Jesus. Really? All right. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Uh, I would say destroy this movie. No, I really love this movie. You picked it. I know, I did. And I laid my cards on the table right away. You would get in with Clea Duvall and go... What? 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 You say you would destroy this movie? Yeah. Wouldn't that... Never mind. What did Clea Duvall do but? When she was in... When the car exploded. Oh. And go disapparate to like a Harry Potter? That's probably what happened. Oh, my um, God. Yes. All right. Yeah. This is our second clean sweep in a row. Yeah. Consensus. Um, did I have anything really to say? Really, pressure's that I on. Say? I don't know. But whatever. I really like this movie. I thought it was great. Um, I'm sad that not a lot of people know about it, but I'm, I'm always happy to be like, this is one movie that you should watch. So oh, I get yeah. to say it. You should watch this movie. And <laughs> if you spoiled it for yourself, go watch it with a friend and see their reaction. All right. Lily, what do you have? Okay. So part two of my romantic trilogy, we are going to be watching Undine starring Colin Farrell. Love Colin Farrell. I, love, I just saw Colin Farrell in that Banshees movie, which is great. We're gonna, right. we're gonna, we're gonna watch a fairy tale with Colin Farrell. What's it called? Okay. A Colin Farrell tale. A Colin Farrell tale. On Dean. So O N D I. Wait. O N D I N E. Okay. Great. Yeah. It, is it Gaelic? Is that what it? Is that why? It's a wee bit Irish. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, that's cool. An Irish well, fairy tale for next time. Well, All let's right. play that trailer. Once upon a time. Does it always have to be once upon a time? There was a fisherman. He was pulling in his nets. Was she a mermaid? No. Was she a selkie then? What's a selkie? She comes out of the sea, lives on land. My name's Syracuse. I've been so about two years. This is where they all clap. Couldn't you see that in the movies? Take on here, sir. Is that illegal? No, but it's unusual. I stole some lady's clothes. I don't like this at all. They were for this girl I met. Thank you. So, what's the story? She sings to the fishes and he catches them. You bring me luck. That would be silk. How long are you staying? Depends on you. It depends on me. You can stay forever. I'm Undine. Undine. What's it mean? She came from the water. I'm examining it for webs. Selkie women. She stays seven years on land. Unless her selkie husband claims her back. What kind of stories are you spinning? You're a secret. I think. I know. You don't like the dress? It's just tied around the edges. You have edges? Someone was looking for her. Who? A man. The seas bit you out. You don't belong here. It's our secret. We tell nobody. I've been seen. What's wrong with being seen? It doesn't make sense. None of it makes sense. Your kind and my kind. We don't belong together. What are you doing? I'm afraid, Father. Misery is easy. Happiness you have to walk at. Get rid of her. I don't want you to go. I... 
And that was for next week. Um, this has been Hello from Obscurity. Uh, if you like this episode about uh, psychological thrillers with some kind of twist and horror, maybe check out our other episode we have, The Belko Experiment. We mentioned that. It also has John C. McGinley. And mm-hmm. um, Dark Skies, which is about aliens and has some twists. All right. So. But no turns. No turns. Just Not twists. like this movie. There's a lot of turns. No chubby there. checker. Okay. What? Was there chubby checker in this movie? That's the guy who wrote the twist. Oh, I get it. All right. Aww. All right. I, it's it's 12.20 a.m. here. I got to work at 6 o'clock in the morning. Good night. Oh, oh my God. Um, not 6. <laughs> I have to wake up at that part. Okay. So... I work at Target, everybody. All right. Um, <laughs> Go say hi to Wesley at work. <laughs> yeah, come to the the Edina Target. All right. Oh, my so, God, Wesley. We didn't on. say what state. We didn't yeah, say I'm, what state. I'm doxing Target. What is, what's going uh-huh. on here? All right. So I've been Wesley. I've been Peter. I've been Lily. And I've been Sam. And goodbye from obscurity. I'm going to bed. I just got down from dance, so I'm kind of hyped. So cool. Do you have endorphins? I do. Wait, did you come from a dance class? Yeah, that's what he was sucking ass at.